0: Hi everybody. Welcome to another episode of Stock Talk, where we talk about all things investing. My name is Amon Reina and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And this is episode 67. And this week we're back on video. Um, last week we just did a, para, a podcast version and uh, this week we're back on video. Um, you can see, check out the video here on uh, sageinvestors.ca. We're not doing uh, made a decision. I don't think I'm going to be doing too, many, too much periscope anymore. Um, basically, I just find that the volume and traffic of people listening to uh, stuff on Periscope or watching me on Periscope is way, way lower than if I just create a video and post it on my website or just creating a podcast. Um, big thing I want to say is uh, in the last few, like, we've hardly been podcasting. We've just put all our episodes on, on uh, iTunes literally just for a month and it's just amazing to see what the traffic has been Um, kind of blown away by the amount of traffic so it's uh, um, we're glad to see we're kind of reaching out to a lot more uh, more people out there who are kind of stumbling aboard and uh, checking out uh, checking out my podcast checking out uh, my uh, my website so hey welcome welcome all and uh, feel free to tell your friends feel free to subscribe it's all good couple of things I want to talk about. Actually, I'm really excited today. There's one thing I, the thing I want to talk about today is uh, really kind of excited. I actually wanted to talk about it in the last episode, but uh, things got kind of changed around. Um, for those of you who actually listened to the last episode, I provided some commentary and feedback and a bit of a rebuttal in terms of uh, an article that I wrote um, a couple of weeks ago about uh, my uh two-year update with uh, my robo-advisor service that I'm using um, that I set up a couple of years ago to basically try to answer some fundamental questions about this new type of business model, which was at its core, do these do these businesses make, generate, create wealth for, for their customers? Um, do they do a better job of doing that compared to just, you know, investing for yourself, by yourself, or just using a traditional advisor? And so, I wrote, you know, I wrote my two-year update and uh, got a lot of feedback I always get a lot of interesting feedback from people about these uh, updates that I do and one of them was from a blogger out there who was not too you know it was it was a bit uh, it was a bit tough on me and uh, thought I was asking the wrong questions as it related to the performance side of it and uh, as you know my uh, last week I I put a bit of a rebuttal into it to say that you know at, there's no such thing as asking wrong in questions or strange questions in investing, and in fact it's important to ask these questions because a lot of times it can get you into a bit of trouble, and uh, so it's important to do that. And I provided a very detailed response of how I responded to him and also his uh, response afterwards on that. So. So I thought you know that would be the end of it, and just kind of move on and agree to disagree kind of thing. But it's interesting that actually uh, a couple of days ago, uh, the blogger gentleman he reached out to me, and uh, apparently he listened to the podcast, and uh, he provided me some comments. And it looks like uh, you know uh, from a sense of it, I think he, I think he was missing um, when he originally made wrote that his his uh, blog uh, may have missed some context in terms of trying to what I'm doing. He, I think thought that, you know, I'm just asking why, why I don't, why am I not making money or why is this, does this thing make money? Um, I don't think he had the context of what I was, you know, do asking that question around it. So he actually responded and I just want to read to you his response because it's a very, it's a very, it's a very great response. And, uh, so I'll just read it to you. So he goes, Hey, Armin, I listened to your podcast and I think now I have a better idea of where you were going with that question. It seems that you believe something nefarious might be going on behind the scenes of your Robo, in which case your experiment is to try to get a closer look and to see if there's any churning or strange stuff going on under the hood. In that case, I think this is a very noble effort on your part, and I encourage you to continue posting about it and share and shine, any, shine a light on any deception that might be occurring. Regards. So I thought. Wow, that's a. Uh, so, first of all, I, I really appreciate him uh, actually taking the time and, first of all, listening to the podcast. So, I, I appreciate him taking the time. It could easily just like moved on and just made his comments and just walked away from it. But he actually came back, wanted to kind of go back and just kind of re- do a review or a reset on it. So, which is great. And I appreciate that and I respect that. So, um, I think he has a better idea in the context of, of what. I'm trying to achieve and where I'm trying to go with asking these kind of questions and why it's so important that we continue to ask these questions. Um, because it's 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 our it's kind of our, our defense in terms of making sure that people, especially the banks and the institutions and the investment industry, don't walk all over us because they can do it very easily and they've got it down to an art form. So just wanted to share that with you as sort of the latest update. So I think we're all good. I think we're all in a, in a good happy place right now with respect to this and we can move on and uh, and plug away as, as we normally do. So just wanted to share that with you. So get that out of the way. Now, this is what I really want to talk about. And this is what I wanted to talk about last week uh, before all this stuff kind of uh, happened. Uh, one of the things I've sort of said to myself is uh if I go to like different conferences and I get people send me stuff, and uh, one of the things I get sent a lot are books, uh, personal finance books, investing books. There's always people writing something, uh, new, new books coming out, and every once in a while somebody I'll send me something and saying, you know, hey, can you take a look at this book? I appreciate it. you know if you provide me any feedback. Um, I go to conferences and you know part of the swag that you get is, is books and so I've had these pile of books just kind of personal finance or investing books just build stacked up in my uh, in my house and uh, I said you know what maybe this year actually maybe it'd be a really a good thing maybe to actually just pick off a few uh, the reality is I'm not much of a book reader and that's the reason why they're stacked up is because I just I'm not a book reader I really never, I don't think I've ever really been a book reader and I like, I read a novel, like I'll read, everyone's in a blue moon something, but I'm not just like an avid reader. I read a lot, you know, a lot of magazines uh, just by the nature of what I do as an investor, um, investing and teaching people how to invest. We read a lot of research reports, analyst reports, brokerage reports, you know, economic, financial kind of data analysis and stuff like that, crunching numbers. That's, you know, magazines, articles, blogs. Twitter, that's my reading uh, element to it, but I don't really read a lot of books. And so I said, you know what, maybe for this year, as one of kind of my goals for this year, is maybe just try to like read a few books and and talk about them. So (laughs) this episode is really uh, a book report. And so I'm kind of redialing my, having flashbacks of it was like when I was in grade three or grade four, when he had to do, I had to do these like monthly book reports and I would pick like the Hardy Boys. Like I know I'm dating myself and everything. I, the Hardy Boys. I would write a book report on the Hardy Boys or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and stuff like that. So this is going back. This is sort of, we're going back in time and kind of reinvigorating that whole concept of doing a book report. And I thought it'd be better just doing it as a podcast, as a video, because I just couldn't see myself writing a, a, writing a bunch of stuff on book, doing a book report. Like, I remember how I used to do a book report. We're in the 21st century. I think we should be able to do it in a, in a little bit different environment. So, today I want to share with you uh, a book report of one um, article, uh, one book I read. And this book is called, um, if you can see it, it's called the Victory Lap Retirement. And it's written by Michael Mike Drack and Jonathan Chevro. And uh, Mike Drack, is uh, his career pretty much encompasses working in the financial services industry. And Jonathan Chevreau, if you know, if you're up here in Canada, he's very well known as one of the, you know, one of the top personal finance writers, uh, journalists. Uh, out there, worked for the Financial Post, he was editor at MoneySense, uh, man knows his stuff. I've known him for a few years and uh, he's just a wonderful person to have a conversation with. And so, Mike, uh, Jonathan and Mike, I uh, was at a conference uh, a few months ago and they were just releasing their new book and uh, gave me a copy of it actually autographed it to me. I really appreciate it. That's sweet. So, uh, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this book a read and uh, offer my takes on it. So, it's really all about retirement. and. For me, growing up, retirement has always meant to me, what it's meant to me has been you work for 20 years, 30 years, you know, while you're young kind of thing, your younger part of your life, you're working, contributing, you know, doing the right thing, earning a salary, working in a company, climbing the corporate ladder kind of thing. And then at some point you stop. You just say, you're done. You reach an age, a milestone, a certain milestone, and then you stop. And then you stop doing that, what you've been doing for 20, 30 years, and you do something else. And most of the time, the image of retirement is is revolves, for me, has always been pina coladas. Sitting back, sitting in Florida, somewhere on a beach, sipping pina coladas, um, you know, for me, I vision retirement to me be watching Netflix. I'll just make it a more modern version, and I'd be sipping pina coladas and watching Netflix. And it's actually interesting because right now my life is like my kids, and all I do is I come home and I spend my all my most of my waking hours with my kids and my family. And so I hardly get to watch. Like I have Netflix, I hardly get to watch. And so what I do now is actually every time I see something or somebody tells me about a good movie or show on Netflix, I actually, I have a list now of all these shows. So the premise is being, it's my retirement list. In that when I eventually retire or whatever that is, whenever that happens, um, I'll have this list. And so I can just go down Netflix and watch. It's sort of my Netflix that I'll watch for the next 30 years after I retire. That's kind of what I, like, I've always, you know, in my younger days, what I think of retirement, I think that's what a lot of people still think of retirement is—it's just you work and then you stop. But I've noticed, like, a sort of as I've get, gotten older, um, I've seen some things around me. And first of all, I, uh, my, my, my most closest interaction with retirement is really with my dad, and he retired in his sixties. He did—he did the corporate thing. He worked for like thirty years. He was an architect. He worked for thirty years as an architect. And then he reached an age, and he just stopped. And you know, he does little things on site, but he stopped, and stopped doing that job. And what did he do after? He basically one of the things he did was one of his passions in life, and what he's done all his life is he's painted. He's he's an avid artist, and he's been painting since he, his, his youth, and uh, he's just got all these paintings he's done over the last and now he what he does is he he what he did actually after he retired was he opened up um, he, he rented a studio and he spends most of his days at the studio during the day and he goes Goes to the, it's kind of like his office in a way and he goes and he paints and because it just it brings he's so passionate about it and now he actually is going out and you know displaying in shows and galleries and stuff like that he's trying to get at stuff but it's interesting cuz it's sort of like it's the full stop and that's what we think of retirement it's just we we work and then we stop and then we do something else and it seems like that's the traditional way we look at retirement but it seems like that whole concept now is changing dramatically, and there's a lot of socioeconomic reasons why that's changing, and I, when I saw my dad doing this, I said, I don't know if I can just work doing the same thing and then just stop and just try to find something else to do. I think I'm gonna to have to find, I think I see myself just not full stop retiring. I think I'm just gonna be doing something else. Um, I think I'm gonna be in good shape, hopefully I'm in good health, um, and I'm hopefully gonna live longer than, you know, than the normal, traditional kind of way we think of like as we age, so I think I can see myself still working in some way. Some, I don't see myself being retired, I see myself being semi-retired, partially retired, contractually retired, I don't know what the word is. I can see myself like working three days, doing something, maybe working for somebody else or working for myself, and the other four days is just leisure, something to pursue other passions. And I think that that's kind of how I've now, as I've gotten older, have seen retirement. And it's interesting because then this book came, Jonathan gave us this, this book that he's on, which is called Victory Lap Retirement. And it's funny because all these things that I was thinking about as I've grown older about what I think about retiring means and what it looks like, these guys have like articulated it. They've written a book on that. And I was going, wow, because a lot of times as I'm reading this book, I'm going, wow, this is like what I've been thinking about what I think about retirement. And so it's beautiful that these guys have actually articulated, I think, what a new version or a new vision of how we should frame ourselves with retirement. And what they're trying to do is trying to change the discussion, change the narrative of what we traditionally think of retirement, of what I've talked to you about. Um, Instead of this, you know, work full stop and then do something else, it's kind of like work and then... Kind of find, kind of take time, and they call it the victory lap, where you just kind of take time to just kind of find your way, find something that 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 you're passionate about, that you want to pursue further. It could be anything. It could be a hobby. Whatever. Uh, It could be a hobby. It could be another business opportunity. It could be another vocation, whatever. But you have that zone where you kind of are, and kind of finding yourself again. Like you know, a lot of times when we finish school, we're trying to find ourselves. Well, in a way, we're kind of trying to find ourselves again. Their narrative is saying we need to enter another area uh, where we kind of find ourselves and look for something that's, that, we're, that we're more passionate about. So, what they do is try to, first of all, dispel this traditional concept of retirement. And they're saying that's not relevant anymore. It doesn't work for us because we're living longer. Um, our socio-economic uh, circumstances now, we used to have social institutions and social contracts that allowed us to enable us to do full stop, but those aren't there anymore, and they're limited, there not as many people have access to those, to those elements of uh, that social safety net that's going to help us, uh, you know, support us financially later on in life when we're not as supposedly able to work. So the the, the game has changed, and we need to approach this concept of our, our life. It's not just retirement, because that's just the buzzword, but it's just how we want to approach our later lives, and uh, and so that they go to a, a really good discussion and to go into great detail and telling you why we need to change the narrative, why we need to have the conversation. And most importantly, the, the nation notion of it is that we shouldn't think about this sort of when we get to our fifties or sixties or whatever. This is something we need to kind of plant in our seed when we're much younger, and we need to sort of lay, lay the foundation of how we want our life to look like in our later lives to look like at a much earlier uh, uh, stage point. So they, the great thing about this book is it kind of lays down some strategies and sort of some stepping stones that you should consider as you want to get to that point where you say, you know what, I think I wanna slow down and do something else and retire or semi-retire. So that's, uh... so the book goes into quite a bit of depth and into how to some strategies. And one of them is, you know, it talks about um, digging an escape tunnel. And again, part of this transition to, this, to, this, to our later um, to our later years where we're, we're taking steps, stepping stones. We're looking at other options, other types of uh, careers, maybe other options, uh, types of things that are basically it's just trying to uh, keep the passion alive, keep the motivation alive. Because the story, and I've seen this story, is when people do the full stop retirement, they just kind of go in a corner somewhere and just kind of run the clock out, literally. And from a health perspective, and they talk about it quite a bit, they cite the research, is that, if you're not engaged or motivated to do something and you're just kind of leading a sedentary lifestyle, chances are your life expectancy is going to be a lot lower. You're going, to, you're going to die a lot earlier than if you are invigorated and have something and have a, something that's focused and motivates you. So the, the book goes into a, a, a nice discussion about trying to identify these elements that you should consider and to force you to think about these things as you, as you evolve, as you get older. Um, so that when you get to that stage, it's not, you kind of have some kind of plan. You kind of have a structure and a framework for how you're going to pursue your later years and how you're going to live your later years. So they talk about, um, from a financial perspective, like saving, just having that saving regimen, uh, the importance of owning assets, um, versus renting. So there's a discussion of that. And Jonathan Chevro, um, he actually has a portal called FinDependence Day or the FinDependence Day Hub. Dot com. I'm sorry, John. I can't remember what it's called right now. Um, wonderful resource, and I've uh, he's been gracious enough for letting me to make, let me uh, post some articles of my own about my stuff, my coaching stuff, on his website. Uh, wonderful resource, wonderful portal, portal on uh, on all these different kinds of things you should think about in terms of how how you plan and how you want to live your life. So it's worth checking out. Um, in the book, they got, he has a link obviously all over the place to it. So he talks about financial saving and talking about achieving uh, fin-dependence. He calls it fin-dependence, his fin-dependence day. We all have our own fin-dependence day. And we need to work towards that fin-dependence day. Um, talks about health. Again, health is a critical importance because you can't achieve a lot of these things if you're not in a good health, if you're not health, if you're not eating right, if you're not exercising, you still need to incorporate that part as part of your living, as part of your victory lap. It's a critical element. So it's a really interesting book i really you know give it a good shot i think if i don't think it's a book that really if you're three years away from retiring or whatever um that you need to pick up i think this is a book if you're like 20 years away from if you're in your early 30s or something i think this is a worth book worthy book to get because start you thinking about this frame set and trying to get you into this mindset of not just okay well when i cross that bridge I'll, i'll deal with it i think it's important to plan some of this stuff out and have a framework and be aware and be more cognizant of, of, of things that are going on. And so I want to end this. Um, there's a quote in here in the book that I found really kind of, um, I think it was a great quote, and I just kind of want to read it to you. And basically saying, what, we, what they're asking, what Mike and, and Jonathan are asking us to do is we need to stop worrying about, and this is a quote, we need to stop worrying about making more money. And worrying, and we need, let me read that again. We need to stop worrying about making more money and worrying about retirement. Instead, we need to focus on making a great life while we still have while we still have time. And I think that's perfect. And I think when you think about it in that way, it really frames how you should want to approach how you want to live the last part of your life, the last half or whatever section or you know episodes of, of your life. I don't know. I don't think that's a great term of it, but. Uh, so it's a really good book, and as I said, a lot of things that I've always thought about and I've been thinking about more as I think about the whole concept of retirement, they really articulate it very well, and uh, it gives me comfort that, okay, you know what, I'm not the only one thinking like this, and, and these guys did a really great job um, doing that. So as I said, I don't read a lot of financial, personal, finance books, so I, I have no frame of reference on this. I read this. It's a really easy read. I was, as I said, I'm not a great reader on stuff. I'm not an avid, like, hardcore book reader. Um, I was able to get through this pretty comfortably and pretty painlessly. It was it was a, it was a nice read. So um, so check it out again. The book is called Victory Lap Retirement, and it's written by Mike Drack and Jonathan Chevro. Definitely check it out. It's worth uh, Definitely worth your time. So. If you have any questions about this um, feel free to give me a shout you can give me a shout through my Twitter handle which is at Sage investors I'm on there all the time commenting on various market issues and also commenting on my own personal investment decisions Uh, you can hit me through my website uh, www.sageinvestors.ca and uh, if you're interested in learning more about investing and I, as I said, as, a, as an investment coach, one of the things I do is I teach and I mentor people how to make better investment decisions. And I've developed a whole series of online courses, um, the everyday investing program for if you want to learn how to buy and sell individual stocks, and how to invest in ETFs. So if you're kind of getting into that ETF space, becoming much more mainstream, um, I've developed some online courses. Feel free to check them out and uh, sign up for them. And uh, and if you're interested in any coaching services, you want to kind of bump up, uh, bounce off some ideas on terms of investment decisions that you're facing and how you might want to deal with them and how you want uh, to uh, approach them. If you want to talk about them, feel free to give me a shout. Uh, I'm more than happy to set up an intro introductory uh, convo with you. So, that's all I got for you this week and as of course, this episode and all our episodes are now in podcast form. So you can go to iTunes and download them, subscribe to them or you can go to the website, you can download them directly from my website sageinvestors.ca. So, that's all I got for you this week. Uh, This has been Stock Talk. Um, My name is Amin Reina of Sage Investors and hey, we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye.